Welcome to A Photographer's Life. The channel that takes you behind the curtain into the world of professional architectural photography. Join us now for an episode with some of America's premier architectural photographers. Today's broadcast comes from a recent Zoom meeting of the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers. This discussion is led by AIAP Director Alan Blakely. We hope you enjoy the show. If you do, please let us know by liking this episode and subscribing to this channel. Now, on with the show. Um, Norm, I'm going to kick off with hearing your suggestion about um, the what's yeah, in your face I, question. <laughs> I, I don't know how many of you guys get this, but 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 I swear it. Sometimes I get four or five calls a month, but but usually two or three from from people all over the country. I, I had a guy in Oregon that uh, he's, a, he's a good photographer. He called me and said, boy, I love your pictures. You know, you can see through the windows, your, your lights are never blown, blown out, blah, blah. He asked me what I used and, and I told him and uh, he hung up on me. And, <laughs> and, and you know, I wasn't lying, he, you know, and then he got a hold of me later on. He goes, you know, he goes, you don't have to lie to me. He goes, just, you know, <laughs> And I said, I'm not, but I, I get that all the time. People, you know, what's in your camera bag? Now, you know, we're in digital, so I, I don't use a view camera anymore. You know, I, I haven't got the, uh, the horseman out and, you know, I don't even know where it's at. Um, <laughs> but, but here in my camera bag, I get it all the time. What's in your camera bag? This is my camera bag. It's a million years old, old Tamarack bag. And and I don't have the latest, greatest, super, you know, this is what I use every single job I go to. And, and I'm not lying, okay? I have it here. What if it hang up on you? It'll hang up on you. Yeah, we're done. This is a Sony, this is a Sony 700. It's 15 years old. It's wow. a 12 megapixel camera. The lens is, look at it. It's battered, beat. It's super sharp. It's an 11 millimeter. It, that's what I use 50% of the time. And oh yeah, sure you do. And I really do. I've won every contest, My <laughs> that camera's amazing. This is my favorite camera in the whole world. Um, and you know, I've got other Sonys and Canons and blah, 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 but this is what I use. This is a Sony 850. It's the exact same as a 900. Uh, it has a, uh, a slower buffer rate if you're doing rapid shooting for frames per second. It's 26 megapixels. This is my primary camera. I have, I got them all over the place and I use them in the studio. I use them, uh, but this is what I take on a job. This is a Minolta 20 millimeter. Um, that's a, I think it's a 1.8, 20 millimeter lens. It's my favorite lens. It's almost rectilinear. It's like the other one. Uh, I do image correction with the software that comes with it. I don't use, I no longer use a uh, perspective control lens. When I was shooting Canon, I was using their 24 millimeter perspective control. And um, it takes time to do that. I don't like the 24 millimeter format. I mean, I do like it, but uh, the 20 and the 11 here give me, I'm, I'm able to capture an entire scene. And, and these work for me. And I, I, I do the perspective control electronically with the software that comes with the lenses. It's excellent. But that's what I use. And, you know, I, I have other lenses in here, you know, 50s and 20s and 28s and whatever else. But those are my two primary cameras when I do an architectural job. And it and I'm really not lying. It's honestly what I use. And I bought this. I bought these two Sony's in 
2013 or 2012. I don't know how old they are. You have to look them up, but but they've been they've been fantastic cameras and they don't break. They've other than a you know sending everything out for a CLA, which I do all the time every year. Um, I've never had a I've never had a failure with those cameras, and that's that's what I use. So I I, I get that from people and. Um, I, I remember I just I just shot a job for a client. He had a, hired a Chicago photographer. The guy, he's a nice guy. He's a kid. He's he's came with a the latest Canon, you know, sixty megapixel, um, you know, mirrorless whatever. The the images were horrible, and and I walk in with this, and I reshot it. I think I used the eight fifty when I reshot the job, but the you know quality photographer comes from the photographer. Photography comes from the photographer, knowing how to control a camera, knowing how to process an image. I don't give anybody anything off the camera. I process everything. And I'm looking at everybody's site here. I've been to all your sites. You guys do beautiful work. But that's, you know, that's that's what I use. That's what I like. So I'm curious, what do you guys use and what do you like? Come on, let's hear it. <laughs> What's up? Um, I use Come on, Alan. What do you use? Oh, I'm happy to jump in. I'm using um, an, an eight-year-old Canon 5D SR. That's my primary camera. There you go. That's a good camera. And I, I, I do use the tilt-shift lenses. Um, I've got the 17 Canon, which I use maybe once a month. <laughs> and the 24 I use uh, very frequently. I use a, a Nikon 35 millimeter PC lens um, a lot, which which has a Canon adapter on it. Um, and then I use the 45 millimeter PC, and that's that's pretty much my my lens selection. Um, but I've used that camera now; I've had it eight years, and um, I'm still very happy with it. it um, like like you said, Norman, it, it goes in regularly to be to be cleaned and calibrated. Um, I take care of it, that and the lenses. But um, people are always surprised that I'm not using medium format, and I've demoed it. And you know, Phase One um, has offered me cameras to take for six months, and it's just too much work for me. I don't like it. It's uh, I feel I might as well get the CNR out again uh, because it's just more work than I want to do. Yeah. So, so I, that's where yeah. I am with the cannons. No, I almost bought an HD 40 a few years ago and I, I agree with you. I used it for a little bit and I thought, wow, the images are fantastic. It's amazing, yeah. but it was just too much work. I, you yeah. Know. yeah. I have to tether right, everything. Who's, who's I want to hear it. Come on. Okay, before no, when you mentioned about the face, so now I, I I agree that it is the photographer definitely. If you're if you don't know what you're doing, I don't care what camera you have, you're not going to capture it. You're not gonna it, it's not going to be there. Uh, but for me, I do use like I, I do use the Canon the full frame, but my main camera for architecture is the Face One. I find I don't have to shoot as much. I find when I use uh, capture, like before, I'd have to take you know. Um, a few exposures to bring it all together. Um, with 
the face and the capture one, like it just brings back everything. I usually only take one, maybe two images and it's there. I, I don't like my workload has cut down. I would say more than 60% shooting with a face hmm. than shooting with any other camera and having to adjust it. But yeah, it, it's, it depends, you know, like it depends. Um, but that camera I strictly use just for my architecture. I will bring in though my Canon uh, when I have, um, when it's darker, I have my tilt shift. I definitely need that because my tilt shift with my Canon is the one that has, you know, for light, it's the best one for light. And then I just, I definitely use that one. Yeah. So that's I what's use, in my bag. <laughs> I use um, the Canon, um... 5D Mark IV, and I have a backup 5D Mark III, and I, I'll go a little further. I, I shoot tethered to an iPad using a Cam Ranger, and I just bought that um, Swiss Arca Cube um, for the top of the tripod. I used to have a Manfrotto, and it's it's really a very beautiful machine. There, it's very precision, precise, and helping me. Because my skewing is, um, squaring is my nemesis. And um, I also invested in some pro photo B1s and it's changed my life because they're battery powered. They are forceful. They're beautiful light. They come in a backpack and I don't have to lug all this gear all the time. So if you're, you know, sometimes my body, I come back and I'm just wrecked from shooting for eight to 10 hours on my feet. So the pro photos really help with all that. Karen, you spent a little bit of money between the Arca Swiss and the pro photo. I did, you know, I really did. And I debated them for a long time, but <laughs> I'm not sorry. You guys are working too hard. <laughs> That's beautiful. I like it. Karen, your work is beautiful. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. All right, come on. Let me hear from somebody else who's next. I used the Canon 5D Mark IV and 24 tilt shift. Started back in the day with the, you know, the sign on, of course, in Hasselblad. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it works for me. And we have the, the Fuji GFX that we use a little bit. Um, mm. But it's, it is about getting a lot done, being efficient with your system and everybody. And I go um, wireless with the Cam Ranger to the iPad, the 12 inch iPad, uh, before we had the. Uh, the tether tool product air direct but that started deteriorating literally um and so they even recommended me go back to the uh, cam ranger the new cam ranger because i just want my client to be able to look at the, the shot not have to squat down i don't like i don't like a lot of uh, wires everywhere and most of my strobes are are wireless but uh, anyway i think we all get in a rhythm it's amazing the more years we shoot the more we just we show up and we have this muscle memory Mm -hmm. light it how we want to see it and it just kind of takes over i mean my first couple of shoots back in 81 is you know after going to brooks i still have you know question like, how am i going to light this thing but of course with experience my point is your brain really fills in the blanks yeah so you have, to have a good system and whatever you're comfortable with but i would like to know the initials of the photographer in oregon hung up on you but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
the initial. I guess I could give it to you. <laughs> yeah, on the backside, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious. It's a, it, we, we, yeah. As Justin, my buddy, knows, we live in a crazy state and a crazy city. Um, yeah, nothing surprises me. <laughs> All right, who's next? Come on, you're not, you're not getting out of here without telling us what you use. Come on. I have, I use the Canon 6D, the original from 2014. And, 20 megapixel and that's worked for me. I have the Canon 16 to 35 F4 lens. Mm -hmm. um, I have a backup 60 Mark II that I don't know, I've used very rarely. Um, and my next camera will probably be uh, one that has an articulating screen on it just for mm -hmm. convenience. Um, but I feel like I'm gonna continue using this camera probably until mm -hmm. I have some issues with it that I feel like it's, inadequate or it's failing or something um i just i thought about replacing it but you know canon's transitioning now to mirrorless i don't yeah. see a 60 mark three successor coming out um so you know and if they had made one i probably would have gone that route but um it's it's just it's worked well enough for me to continue using it um and i've you know some other lenses and i use some speed lights as well as like uh Cheetah 360 and a couple other like a higher powered uh, Godox flash that I use as well. Um, so those are my main uh, piece of equipment. Interesting. All right, Barry, let's do it. Hey, Barry. <laughs> You're up. <laughs> hey there. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Barry, let's hear it. Um, sorry, I uh, don't, don't don't pull out your Nikon F3 either. I don't want to. <laughs> no, no, it's a Leica M1. It's uh, <laughs> you know the old ways. So I assume I'm I obviously am late. So I assume we're talking about what we do on site. So I've got a 5D SR uh, and uh, with a Mark III as a backup. Um, I shoot almost everything with 16 to 35, and uh, I don't know whether it's because I was a carpenter for so many years, but I can see right angles in 90 degrees pretty well. So I assume even when I use a tilt shift and, and very careful in a bubble and all the rest of it, I'm going to have to correct. So I don't worry about it. Um, I use that and then a cam ranger that goes to an iPad, which is just great, uh, easy, it's flawless. Um, and it's fast. And when I have to um, light, I've got um, Einstein's, uh, Paul Seabunk Einstein. So they're at what, 600 watts. And uh, I bought these, uh, what they call China balls in, in, um, in the movie business. They're just big round uh, soft boxes, basically. Mm. Uh, they're not quite it's not quite a ball. There's a little bit on the bottom. Anyway, I'll run those up to the ceiling and just blast away. Um, and uh, I, I never did very much assisting, but there was one photographer who's, who's passed since then. I think her name was uh, Karen Kuehl or Karen Kuehl, uh, who was a German. And I assisted her after I turned pro. And she would just bring pro photos. She would, excuse me, rent pro photos. She came out from New York to L.A., and she just stuck them in the corner of the room, it was a white ceiling, and just blasted away. And it created this beautiful, nice, soft light. It didn't overwhelm the existing light if there was any that was on. And uh, 
she was really fast and efficient and her photos were beautiful. So I sort of took from that. And so that is my basic rig. I've got a, um, a same tripod I've had for 20 years almost, uh, which is a Manfrotto something B. And uh, I don't have a, a, a special um, head on it. But as I say, I seem to do pretty well with seeing what's level and 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 straight. Um, and with the 16 to 35, I, I sometimes if I'm worried, I shoot a little bit wider than I really need. But I also have a, a 70 to 200. And, um, you know, I've got a normal range of just a few lenses that I bring. And I do have a 24 and a 90 tilt shift, but I don't use them very often. Um, I've used them for food uh, photography, which I, I've done just a tiny bit of, but uh, but that's about it, you know. Um, I try to, at the end of the day, I take the cards out and I put them in my pocket, as as one was taught by journalists anyway. And uh, But I've never had a problem with equipment getting ripped off. I'm sure the day I leave the cards in the camera will be the day everything is stolen. <laughs> Anyway, does that answer whatever the question was? It, it does. What's in your bag? Let's see who, who's left here. We got uh, we got Martin and uh, Jared and Jordan. Yeah, Martin, what's in your bag? I'm shooting Canon stuff. I have uh, an R and an R5, and I'm using a mix of ES. <laughs> yeah, of course. It isn't so. Why? Why not? <laughs> I hate mirrorless. Oh, that's a, I'm old. That's why. You know, see the thing. Like, I don't really like mirrorless either. But uh, with the interiors and architecture stuff that I'm shooting, like 99% of the time, you don't have to look through the viewfinder, so yeah. pretty much doesn't matter. Um, I'm shooting tethered uh, all the time to a laptop, and then we have a HDMI transmitter that transmits the live images to an iPad. So we have uh, stylists and designers looking at the iPad, styling the scene while they're in it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm capturing directly to the laptop. So that way I can be doing edits on site and also making selects and picks. Um, so we make sure that even before we leave site, we have like a, an overview of everything that was shot for the day. So that, you know, make sure, make sure that the whole set of images can tell the story of the project. Um, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> because it's primarily interiors, I'm not shifting a lot. Like I have a 17 and a 24 TS, but um, I don't really need to use them very much for interiors. Mm -hmm. I end up using those more on exterior shots. Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, all right. We have Jared and Jordan left. Who's going? Hey, hey, well. Uh, I just wanted to just just show you something that Barry made me think of this. See, I I I don't use an expensive strobe. I use a, mm -hmm. a Dynalite Baja, which you can't even buy anymore. <laughs> and then um, he he mentioned about the China gloves, but um, if you go to IKEA and you buy their solar porch lights, um, this is what the oh this is what the top of it looks like, and. Um, and so you take that off and you throw the rest rest away, <laughs> and uh, it fits a seven inch. It, it fits a seven inch um, dome. I mean, a seven inch reflector. And so I'm using these just like Barry's using his, and you know this is like ten bucks. Um, 
but I, it's it's just this soft, beautiful light that you get, and you, you know you can aim it at the ceiling or you can aim it directly. I've even used it for headshots, but um, you know I used to have bron color stuff, and uh, and then Profoto was a sponsor of my workshops, and and so I've kind of cheaped out, and I'm I'm using you know these Baja um, these Dynalites, and I also use a quantum flash which is a speed light. Um, that's as extensive as my lighting gets anymore. So anyway, just while we were waiting there. <laughs> I got I to gotta also say that for head, you mentioned headshots. Yeah. I was hired by a friend of mine to be a second shooter on some a weird kind of commercial slash event photography thing for a real estate firm for some of their advertising. And I had... This was a long time ago, and I had a normal, uh, you know, um, flash that just attached to the camera with that little square uh, diffuser. And he had, I forget the name of it, but the round one, it's a guy's name, it'll come to me or somebody else. And he showed me side-by-side -side shots where we were standing next to each other, shooting this group of people. And mine had this harsh, nasty light. His looked like it had been lit by uh, a proper strobe with a diffuser on it. <laughs> Something like what you've got. And so I've never forgotten that. And I went out and bought a bunch of those things. And they are, it does, it's amazing what a bit of diffusion, mm -hmm. what seems like a small bit of diffusion that's round uh, yeah. can really make a big difference. Yeah. And I've also got speed lights. I forgot to mention that. I bring them on occasion, but don't use them that much. I've got a whole bunch of, um... Of, of of strobes with power packs and cords if anybody's interested <laughs> yeah I, I have a bunch too but i use them in the studio oh. alan i have that same baja but oh, we're trying to find out how we can buy more of those but we can't so um there was a well i'll tell you what there there's a place that um, bought the dynalite inventory mm -hmm. and you and they're in i think they're in jersey as well um but um, I have bought a few parts from them, and they may have some. I don't know. I'll I'll see if I can find their number and I'll or their okay. name. I'll send it to yeah. you because I I actually did buy some parts because I had a couple parts go out on these uh -huh. these Bajas. Um, I've also got some Allen Chromes that are the, basically the same kind of setup that um, they're a little more powerful. I think they're 800 watt seconds, but I use them the same way. Uh, battery. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got some Calumets that are very similar to your Baja mm -hmm. Highlight. There, I mean, I, they're probably twenty. Yeah, the Calumets are wonderful, and you can still find yeah. those occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, I forget who made them. Um, um, they didn't actually make them; they private labeled them. It was. Uh, oh, I can't think of it. How long are we gonna go on this? How long? How long scheduled for this? Uh, I'd like to end at eleven or at the at the bottom of the hour here, so about fifteen. Okay, great. Okay, so I could hang on. I could hang on. Okay. Um, so is that no one else is going to fess? Jordan, Jordan may have walked away. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I, I did want to add um, that I always use a 24 millimeter tilt shift, but I have a 1.5 extender that I can put on it, which is a cheap way of getting a 36 millimeter tilt yeah. shift. I really like that focal length, and that's why I mentioned that I use that Nikkor um, 35 millimeter PC, and that's an ancient lens. That's from the 70s, and, that is an old um, that's and it, it has a sweet spot of sharpness that it's about 
f11 and 11 and a half you don't want to shoot it anywhere other than that yeah <laughs> but, that's um, that's a real that's that's very forgiving that lens is yeah it's, it's such a nice thing. length my lenses are all old i mean I, I like i like the character character of old lenses i know with a lot of canon lenses um they're almost i mean they're they're really sharp but they're almost too analytical and especially if you're doing a portrait of somebody it's like you know i I don't need to see every crevice in someone's face or their hair. And I, I don't need to see that. So I like a lens that's a little more forgiving and yeah. um, a little bit softer. And if I need to sharpen it on, you know, in post, I can do that. But that's that's why I like the old Minolta lenses. And I've got an adapter to use some old, like Rockhor lenses that are just, I, I do portraits with those and they, they tell look phenomenal. It looks like transparency. So this is something that cinematographers talk about a lot. I, I'm not a cinematographer. I'm, I'm a lurker uh, around uh, cinematography. And uh, increasingly, even the lens makers are softening up their lenses because the, the, the problem, if it's really a problem, is that for uh, with digital sensors, they're so good that it's not good for faces. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's also not good for a few other things, but particularly for faces, which is what most cinematographers are most concerned about. And so they're either what they call detuning a new lens, um, or they're putting in filters, or they are using the newer lenses, which have come out, um, which have a better look. And or and, or they're it's very common to uh, uh, they particularly like uh, old Nikon primes. And uh, and some of the uh, Olympus primes, the older ones from the 60s, 70s, mm -hmm. um, they'll take them and they'll have them rehoused uh, so that they'll have a PL mount or something like that that can be used on a proper digital camera. And they're shooting real features with this, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's that look. And then some of the lens makers like Cook. They have a thing called a cook look, and I've I've been around it long enough now. You can sort of see it. You can really feel there's a real difference. Um, that's, a really, that's really important. I, I shot a video, and um, Ronnie shot it for me. Uh, one of our camera guys here, and he used a one of the new Zeiss lenses on a Sony Sony Seven R four. That's the sharpest lens I've ever. It's laughably sharper than anything I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's too sharp, and and. And I actually, you know, I actually ended up reshooting um, to, to soften it up because the lens is, it's, it's silly sharp. It might be great for product photography, but for portraits or architectural, it, it's crazy. It, it's just too much. And I find that the Canon lenses, generally speaking, are sharper than, than Nikon lenses or sharper than Sony lenses. And that's why I don't, and maybe it's the sensor too, maybe the sensors are better. I'm not a big fan of Canon for architectural, for me personally, for that reason. I like the idea how of using the, the Nikon on the Canon. I can see that being a, a beautiful combination. Yeah, one thing I notice about Canon lenses is that, um, especially the tilt shifts, is that they are so contrasty. They remind yeah, me yeah. Of, of Hasselblad primes because of the contrast. And I always used to like the look of a Minolta. I mean, this is back in film, but I used to like the look of the Minolta primes because they, were, they weren't quite as contrasty as the Hasselblads. And I find that same thing. I'm always having to dial back the contrast on those um, Canon lenses, where if it was just a little bit softer, you know, it'd, it'd be a whole lot easier to handle. When I shoot headshots, I use a 40-year-old Canon zoom lens. Um, yeah. 
and that's it, it looks wonderful. I mean, it's it's a beautiful lens. I don't have to do much at all to it. What lens? Um, it's a it's a 70, 7200 uh, zoom, um, and it rattles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's true the, the uh, and, and I I like the um, you know uh, I like the old Minolta primes. Minolta made their own glass, and, and a lot of companies bought lenses and, and put labels on. Minolta made their own glass, and and their lenses, their primes are. They're, they're 55 1.2. That's that's a killer lens. That 51.2, they're just beautiful. That 80, they got an 85, uh, 1.4. Those are beautiful lenses to use. So um, when I shoot uh, portraits, that's generally what's in my camera. Is a man. Oh, this folk. is Jared. I am a longtime listener and a first time caller. Uh, <laughs> really, I, I just am a fanboy of. You know, So what do you and, need, Jared? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's in your I, camera I, bag, Jared? Uh, an iPhone 12. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But but I I I do shoot with an icon. But I, like I said, I don't do anything the magnitude that you guys do by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but what I've been hearing though that I really really like is that. You know, it's it's not about the equipment. Um, it's easy to jump on YouTube and 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 catch the buzz of the latest and greatest. You know, Canon just introduced this. Nikon just introduced this. Sony just did this. You know, and it's just like this buzz, this crazy buzz. But hearing, you know, from from you guys, it's it's clear that it's not about the equipment, and and I've always known that. Um, it's about you know honing your craft and knowing it. And then the other thing that I've picked up on that I thought was interesting is a lot of you are tethering and I don't want to, you know, open up another conversation, you know, because we're, we are trying to close, but I am curious the, the purposes around tethering as far as what are you trying to, to achieve there? Is it nicer to get a little bit more real estate on a screen to make sure that things are where you want it? Uh, are you showing it to another client at the same time? Uh, you know, what's the purposes of, of, of tethering? Cam Ranger just seems to be like the, the go-to for those things, but just curious. And again, I don't want to open up another hour-long conversation, but I would, I am interested. I, I don't tether often when I do. Uh, it's to a laptop and it's just specifically so that a client can easily see the scene that we're shooting. That's my only purpose for tethering. I do it for composition and for checking focus. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. do that too. Composition, focus, making sure my perspective is straight, and also, you know, tweaking, like being able to move objects, yeah. add negative space, or take away things that are um, too, you know, in the scene, or straightening chairs, which to the eye always look correct, but the camera sees everything so differently. I think most of us are using Cam Ranger, and um, uh, I mean, at least for me, the nice thing is to be able to walk through the shot, make adjustments, or have an assistant walk through the shot and make adjustments in real time. Oh. So, I mean, that's huge. That's what, that's what Jared was saying. You, could, you know, with I used the Cam Ranger now, but with the twelve-inch iPad and the whole tethering idea of tripping over. But I, the other gentleman that was on before. 
was talking about he has the laptop and the iPad and he does his corrections, he does his profiling and so on. And that's great, it just takes a little bit more time, but we always have this workflow. But I am curious if people are gonna start going more with um, wireless to an iPad where you can actually hold it, what you can normally work with a magazine or a book rather than getting down eye level with the laptop. Oh, no, I, I put it on a, uh, it's on a tripod stand. I've got a, I just sort of strap it to a, a platform that's actually was designed for, um, no, it's a, it's a holder for iPads. You just stick it on a on a tripod, and it also lay. The other thing too is that you can shoot from it. So bathrooms, uh, as we all know, are a huge pain in the butt. So you can get the camera in there in a place where you can't be behind it, and you can still shoot. So or around a corner where or or where there's a mirror or something like that. So there's all kinds of ways that it's useful for that. You can, uh, I do. Almost everything I do is bracketed, and so you can change the bracketing right on the iPad too. It's really fast, and I think that I'm I'm still using the old Camranger, the original one, but the newer one apparently is much better in lots of ways, including that I think it can send uh, images to several different uh, iPads or computers at once. So very real quick, I had the original Camranger, got rid of that, went to the Air Direct, and like I said before. It, it started deteriorating, but yeah. this, the new Cam Ranger is so much faster. Yeah, that's what I hear. It's worth it, whatever it is. And you can send you can send big like raw images too, right? If you've got to that, but, uh, we highly yeah. recommend that. It's got two little antennas on it now, and batteries yeah. are kind of a hassle because it's only their battery, and you yeah. go back and forth. And then with Air Direct, it was a Canon battery that you put on top, so that's the only thing that's mm -hmm. a little bit of a nuisance. For me, I find tethering takes time. And I just honestly, I just set my camera. I first take or I walk around and I take the images with an iPhone. And I go, okay, I want that scene, that scene, that scene, that scene. I go back to my images and I see what needs to be changed. I move around the sets, make it what I want, and then I shoot. It just, for me, tethering, it just wasted time because when I go through the buildings, I usually have to go through them real quick. I don't have the time to set up these sets so I find when I'm walking with a client that's when I I'll walk with the client what do you want I'll take my images then I'll go back they go their way I go my way and then I capture their images real quick well, well the clients are all going to disappear anyway because they also yeah. will be there with you the whole time and even about yeah, an hour later is there They're not where, yeah. where the way I do it is I just, <laughs> with my iPhone, they say, well, I want that scene. I go, is this good? Is this good? And then I'll go back and then I'll capture all the images and they yeah. can just go to their own thing. Yeah. yeah. Barry, you got buy in now. Tell what, me what you said cracks me up, Barry. I had a client a few years ago, and, you know, a designer, and she's like, oh, she's calling everybody. Oh, I'm on a photo shoot. I'm on a photo shoot. And I come home with a camera and a tripod. And, you know, I set my stuff up. I, you know, we talk about it and I, I start working. And about 15 minutes into her coffee, she looks at me and goes, is this all you do? <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah. yeah she goes, do you mind if I leave? I'm thinking of a takeoff. And I'm still working with her today. But she was, you know, she was expecting some huge, enormous, like I'm bringing a staff or, you know, once in a while I bring an assistant. Uh, Mary Beth will come with me or, or I'll bring somebody with me if, it, if it's huge and she'll stage ahead of time. Um, but. But yeah, <laughs> this is all you do. <laughs> That's all we do. 
Thanks for everybody uh, joining this call. Um, this has been an interesting discussion in, in the both parts. Um, as we were wrapping up here, I was reminded, I went, uh, I went on a Yosemite um, workshop with Ansel Adams many years ago, and uh, he was setting up a shot and he, he took out an old brass barreled red dot Dagor lens and put on, and uh, he had a student come up to him and said, that's not a very sharp lens, is it? And um, there were some expletives after that. <laughs> and he impressed upon the student that it, it really wasn't about the lens, <laughs> but he knew what he was doing. And uh, I think that our discussion here has borne out the fact that it's not about the equipment. And uh, as long as it's a photographer with talent that's behind the equipment, that's really what matters the most. So I hope that those who watch this later will get that message. And, uh, you know, my apologies to the manufacturers who may watch this as well. But this um, <laughs> was Gene Smith that said, F8 and be there. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's right. F8 and be there. Exactly. That's the key. Thanks to everybody. We'll we'll see you. Thank you. We'll have another one of these. And uh, in the meantime, take care and be successful. This has been another episode of A Photographer's Life. If you've enjoyed this program, please let us know by liking this episode and subscribing to this channel. A Photographer's Life is brought to you by the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers. This episode is copyrighted and may not be used in full or in part without the written permission of the AIAP. Please join us again soon for another inside look at the world of professional architectural photography.